Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. By the time Judge Mark Clark overturned the jury's guilty verdict and let Gage walk free, it had already been four and a half years since Praveen's passing. And yet, Praveen's family was back at square one having to try this case all over again. And there was still no justice. A retrial hung in the balance, but Lovely didn't know what to do next. There has to be a retrial, according to Robinson. But after this thing all went like this, Robinson was so upset. You know, he tried to appeal to the attorney general's office here. It was somebody by name Lisa Madigan at that time. The day Gage was on witness stand, you know, one lady was behind us. And during break, she came to me and she's like, I want to give you a hug. And she's like, I needed to see that special prosecutor tear him up. I'm your guest host, Lisa Lillian, also known as Hungry Girl. You're listening to Speaking of Crime with Gia and John. Lisa is back co-hosting with us this week. When she's not cooking up her guilt-free recipes, she's a fierce advocate for those who've been wronged by our justice system. She supports our work, and we love supporting her. Head over to HungryGirl.com and sign up for her newsletter that millions of people are already enjoying. Judge Mark Clark quickly retired after overturning the verdict. Everything about the circumstances seemed quite odd. He overturned the decision September 18th. He retired that December. And do you know how old he was at that time? Was he at retirement age or was this odd? I I think he was at the retirement age and he had announced. I don't think he announced the date that he was going to retire. But, you know, this came like very strange. He was in his 60s, I'm pretty sure. It took a white guy in power that had to go fight the other white guys in power. And like Mike Carr said, whatever you do, I will undo it. And at the end, the judge, he cited the um, charging document, the indictment, because that was a direct to David Robinson. You came down here, embarrassed all of us. You, I'm letting him go. That's what it was about. It wasn't about Gage or him really believing he was innocent. It was all a game for all the guys fighting each other. Hallie, who helped find Greenberg for Gage's family, has regrets about her actions and the part she played in the trial. She really struggled 
really struggled after she got involved in this. Um, she really thought she was doing the right thing. I think she was like 21 or 22 at the time, very young, had two small children. Um, the family really embraced her. She engaged, started a relationship on the phone while he was in jail. She thought he was her boyfriend at one point in time. And when he got out, he was, you know, offering to give her money or whatever, but he kind of just disappeared. After she did everything she did for them, she saw kind of his temper at one point in time. It scared her really bad. And she realized after losing family and friends for a while saying, what are you doing? When it kind of hit her in the face and she saw the light, she was absolutely devastated. And I didn't talk to her or, you know, have anything to do with her for quite some time after that, probably a year. And then we had a mutual friend. And one time I got a call and he's like, hey, would you like to meet Hallie? And I said, absolutely. So the first time we met, we talked for a couple hours and she is such a kind, genuine person and absolutely has been through a lot after she kind of saw the light after helping him so much. I, I really feel bad for her. So she regrets it. Absolutely. 10 million percent. And did not too long after he got out in a big, embarrassing way. They accused her of stealing funds from the T-shirts. Gage totally shunned her, went right back to his girlfriend he had the baby with in the first place. And people were just being mean to her. They used her up and they were mean to her. And she was devastated. You can hear what Hallie said to Monica back in 2019 when Monica sat down and interviewed her. Was there a moment? Was there a moment? Like once he did get out of jail that you were that that you saw him in a different way? When he got out, I didn't hear from him until the Friday after. Um, I met with him and it went really well. And then after that, I didn't hear from him for about three months. And you guys went from talking every day to nothing at all. I'm ghosted. Yeah. Why are you ghosting me? Yeah. Do you know what I did for you to get your ass out of jail? Yeah. So that really confused me a lot and really broke my heart. Um, but then we rekindled. We got to talking again, um, and we had a pretty good relationship. I mean, we were never together or anything, but like as far as friends go, we had a really good friendship. Um, and then when he moved was when it really went downhill. What happened that was like done? Done. Because you're, you're sweet. You're accommodating. I mean, yeah. you've helped this guy get out of jail. You've done a lot for his family. You're not asking for the Pulitzer Prize, but you guys had a friendship. You had like yeah. a relationship. And you're like, don't be mean. Yeah. You ghosted me once. Now we're friends again. Yeah. What was that point in time when it was like, donezo? Um, so he moved away. Uh, we still kept in contact. We video chatted. We texted and Snapchatted and all that stuff. Um, and then there was a time where he asked me to send money. So he's in Florida. Yeah. And asking you, hey, can you send me some money? Yeah. And I told him, I was like, you know, if I had the means to help you, I would. And you know that. And he was like, yeah, I understand. Like, no big deal, whatever. And then he asked me a second time a couple weeks after that. And I was like, I really don't have the extra money to be handing out. I really don't. And he... That's when it really got bad. 
He flipped out, like drug my name through the dirt, said really? terrible, terrible things. And like lost my temper, Matt? Yeah, and Because you wouldn't send money? Yeah. And he that's when he blocked me. He blocked me on Snapchat, blocked my phone number. Um I blocked him so he couldn't unblock me. Get back so did he think like you just had a gigantic stash of money and you were being stingy or was he just angry because he wasn't getting what? Yeah. Yeah. Like temper mad? Yeah. It was a side of him I had never seen before. Was that the minute when you were like, holy shit? Yeah. And I... I blocked him. And from that that moment on, I decided to be completely done. I was done, didn't want to hear from him, didn't want to see him. Um, but did that did in your mind at that point in time, even though you guys were far from jail, I mean, mm -hmm. he'd been out of jail for what, a few months at that point? Yeah. Um, did anything to do with Praveen or the case or everything that you'd fought for go through your mind when he lost a ship? Yeah. I think that's when I really decided to look further into it. What emotions have you felt after? We talked about, you know, when you're in the middle of it, it's still emotional. Mm -hmm. But since things have changed, <coughs> what emotions have you experienced post this isn't my feeling anymore embarrassment disappointment a lot of regret and guilt that's a lot mm -hmm. i wish you didn't feel those things but i'm so glad that you're honest that you did mm -hmm. at the time though nobody was talking you out of it right no not your mom not your best friends but you had to do that. I mean, that was your thing. You were going to go through that process. Um, now, what do you say to your friends and family that you were like, okay, listen. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of sorries. <laughs> well, and you know, we have conversations. You're like, you know, I just feel so bad. And I'm like, don't. Because that was your passion. That was what you felt compelled to do. And I just keep saying this after you switch your mind and your feelings changed, it takes so much courage to say that out loud. So has there been a retrial? Is there going to be? Uh, I mean, there has to be a retrial according to Robinson, but after this thing all went like this, Robinson was so upset you know, he tried to appeal to the attorney general's office here. It was somebody by name Lisa Madigan at that time. Lisa Madigan is somebody that was pushing me off of everything from the beginning. She had some kind of interest in this case that she wouldn't let, let me come into her office. When I asked for an appointment, she wouldn't come in. So one time she was in Carbondale for some meeting and Monica told me she was coming. So we drove over there to see her. And I told her, I said, you live just 10 minutes from me, but I had to drive six hours to see you. As soon as I said my name, she knew exactly who I was. So Robinson tried to appeal this. Her office blocked him.
After Judge Clark overturned the verdict, a new judge needed to be appointed to the case because there were still legal issues that needed to go through the courts, like the bond money that had to be released. And Greenberg was still filing motions to try and get Robinson off the case. Oddly, no other judges were willing to touch this case. Finally, Judge Goffinette was brought in from another county and he presided over the remainder of the court proceedings. Robinson had to drop the case so eventually he can charge him again. Um, and that's when all these judges started to recuse, you know, like crazy. So um, finally they had to bring this judge from Monica's county. You know, he was awesome. My God, I wish he was there from the beginning. And like Monica said, the first thing he said when he came in, he said, I have read about this case. I, I read it again. I know all about this case. You know, it was so good to hear that and I and then he said he would have never let anybody um, do anything to his jury you know that was like a pretty pretty good slap to Judge Clark's face. Even though it feels to us like there hasn't been any justice in this case Lovely and Monica have a slightly different perspective. One of our main things throughout this whole thing was we knew that there was quote corruption within in this county, in this area. And if the judge would have sentenced Gage and he would have went to prison, we couldn't have talked about it anymore. We really couldn't have proven that there was any corruption because it would have worked itself out, even though in the beginning we had to fight so hard to get the ball rolling. When the judge did what he did, on the day of sentencing after a 12-member jury of peers took their two weeks out of their time and used their common sense and followed these strict rules and put their emotions into it and the family's on hold and decided he was guilty. For the judge to just throw that out over something so ridiculously insane was such a huge slap to the jury and he let him walk free on the day of sentencing. There's no bigger sign of corruption. And then none of the judges in Jackson County would come hear the rest of the stuff. So they had to pull one from my county over here in Williamson County. And the first things that judge said, his name is Judge Goffinette. He's brilliant. And I could only pray that he could have had that whole trial. He said, I want to let everybody know here. I'm not concerned about the media. I'm not concerned about what people are saying on TV or social media or anything. And I want everybody here to know I protect my juries and I respect him. And that's all he had to say. To me, that was a bing back to the judge of, I can't believe you did that. However, what we wanted to prove, we wanted our day in court. We wanted everybody to hear the evidence. We wanted a jury to decide. And above everything else, we wanted a new state's attorney and we wanted to show that they were corrupt. Nothing would have ever shown that they were corrupt, like if the judge didn't do what he did, because if the judge would have sentenced him to 20 to 60, he'd be in jail and we wouldn't be talking about it still because they'd be like, shut up, you got justice, he's in jail, shut up. We got everything we wanted. And like Lovely and I are in a minority for this because I used to think jail was it. When he was in jail for those 90 days during the sentencing awaiting from verdict to sentencing, Lovely and I cried so much. We were so worried about him. We were like, oh, we wonder if he's okay. Like, are they hurting him? She's like, Praveen wouldn't want him locked up for 20 years. She's like, I don't want the 
last person that touched my son to rot in a cell forever. She's like, I want him just to do better and be better. Isn't that so nice? I mean, it's unbelievably nice. I, I couldn't be that nice. I know. And that's why I told her, I said, the fascination with you is you've been so faithful and so kind. Meditation has truly helped me in so many aspects of my life, from reducing anxiety to clearing my mind, managing my never-ending to-do list to helping me sleep. No matter what you're feeling, tap into the Women's Meditation Network and access quick, effective, guided meditations for whatever you need in the moment. If you're anything like me and deal with imposter syndrome or just need a little confidence boost to start your day, I highly recommend their morning meditations for women. I ended and started my day with a quick 10-minute meditation titled An Invitation to Envision Confidence Morning Meditation. It reminds me to tackle my day with confidence and not allow imposter syndrome to seep in at the most inopportune times, as it always seems to do. The Women's Meditation Network includes 11 different podcasts of their guided meditations and music tracks. So go follow Morning Meditation for Women now wherever you listen to podcasts and start listening for free today. Just search Morning Meditation for Women on your favorite podcast app and follow. Or you can visit www.womensmeditationnetwork.com. More calm, better sleep, and less anxiety are all at your fingertips for free. Another five years have gone by since Judge Clark let Gage go, and there still hasn't been a retrial, leaving so many unanswered questions. When will the retrial take place? If it will happen at all? What are the next steps to right this wrong? How can our justice system allow a murderer to walk free for a decade? And they said there would be a retrial, and there has been no retrial. So right. what, what is typically, what's the process? What should be happening and who should be pushing for the retrial? Okay, so whenever the judge vacated the verdict, that meant that everything would have to start all over. From scratch, going back to a grand jury or brand new charges. Now, Gage was charged with first degree felony murder, which is not first degree murder, it's first degree felony murder, which in and of itself is a bizarre thing to try to understand if you don't know what it is. I had personally never heard of it. And it is, if I commit an aggravated battery on any of you, and like if I punch you and we're on a second story deck, the punch I strike you with didn't harm you too bad. I mean, it, you know, hit your head and give you a bruise, but then you took a couple steps back and flipped over the railing and fell off the two story deck and broke your neck. I have just committed first degree felony murder. Um, that's what happened in this case, Gage, the hitting of Praveen in the head and the head wounds and all that set off a chain of, of events that immediately or led directly to his death. Number one, there were laws signed this past January or last year, I believe, in Illinois. First degree felony murder is not on the books anymore in this state. 
first of all. Second of all, they found Gage guilty of the aggravated battery where he had given Praveen the blows to the head. They found him not guilty on the second part of the charge, which was the robbery portion for the money he allegedly stole from Praveen out of his wallet. So without both of those, it's cut in half. So they found him not guilty on that one. I don't think that they could put that back in, back in. So to even go back and start these charges again from scratch, I don't know how difficult that would be. And there's just a lot of things to it. What the judge did and how he decided to vacate it put a lot of put a lot of bindings on the prosecution to get it going again. It's possible you can get charged with well, I mean, first degree regular murder, which has intent. But first degree felony murder, what he was found guilty of in 2018 is not on the books in Illinois. So I don't know if they go back and say, well, we go by what um, was on the books in 2014 when it happened or 2016 when he was charged or 2023 and say, well, you can't even because it's not there. So it sounds like it's difficult, if not impossible, to figure out a way to address this again. But is there... what would the process be to really start and and push for there to be another trial? Who who would you go to first? The person in charge with the case in their hands and the power to do that is the state appellate prosecutor's office, and that is David Robinson, the one that tried the case, who we love and adore and was our hero. And I still love him and adore him as a human, as a prosecutor. He's a good man. And he, he did everything right. And he did it proper. And I I just can't believe what happened. Um, I'm trying to hold back my personal, what I think about it all now, because I don't know that we want another trial. And I, when I say we, I only speak for lovely and myself because there's other people in the family that want it. There's a whole thousands and thousands and thousands of people that want it. But we have so much peace, even though that sounds insane. Jail is not justice anymore for me, for her. It used to be. I used to think justice equals somebody's in prison. We got justice over and over and over and over again in this case. So you and Lovely would prefer to just let it go? Not let it go, but know that we did not let Praveen be a nameless, faceless statistic that they just said it was him. He was drunk. He ran off on his own. He, he was responsible for his own demise. We fought to get his day in court. And now on public permanent record, anybody can read those transcripts and see who he was. He was who his family said he was. He, he was a victim. He was a great, wonderful, vibrant human who did nothing wrong. He was attacked. He was beat. He was left for dead. And 12 jurors listened, 12 jurors of our peers. And they were there for two weeks and they found Gage Bethune guilty. He is responsible for Praveen's death. We said there was corruption. It's on public permanent record that the judge let him go. We won. We won. We won. We won. Like he has to answer to somebody higher up and like there's no worse punishment than that. And then Lovely took it a step further and said, because when he did spend the 90 days in jail between the sentencing or between the um, verdict and sentencing, the amount of tears that she and I shed for him were ridiculous. And it sounds bizarre to hear probably for you guys at face value, but 
lovely, so kind. She's like, Praveen would not want another human being locked in a cage the rest of their life. He would just want them to do better. Praveen would have given him all the money in his pocket, anything that he wanted that night. That's not who Praveen was. And she's like, I don't want the last person that physically touched my son just to be like a monster in a cage. I hope he can make himself better and do something better in the world. Like repent for that and just be good or do good. That's, I don't know how lovely does it. She's just, I don't she's either because kind. I, I understand her and it makes sense for me because I've been with her like this. But I'm saying that because my son's alive and I just told him goodbye and I love him. If, if it were me and they did that to my son, no, but I, I mean, I do hear what you're saying. You don't want to right. live with anger and relive all of what everybody went through that first time around. And they could find him not guilty the second time. Exactly. Then what would we do? Exactly. So that makes sense. We told Lovely that it's really hard for us to understand how she's handled this horrific set of circumstances and done it all with such positivity. She truly embodies her name. She is just Lovely in every way possible. You know, I don't know how else to do it. Yeah, thank you. I I, <laughs> I really don't know how else to do it. You know, like having turned the whole police department around to be with the former chief, the current chief, and the, the current deputy chief and all that, it makes me feel like Praveen's mission is being accomplished, you know? They all call me even before, like by January, they ask when you're coming, they make all the arrangements, they make sure they are there. You know, it's, a, it's an unbelievable feeling. And I think, what if I did not get into this and do all this? Praveen would have been just a, just a name. You know, in the beginning, they used to, not the police department, but other who had connections with the police department, they used to say, the frozen kid. From it. That used to bother me so much, you know, and I'm like, he has a name. And that was one thing with Priya, even after the day Praveen was gone, our priest was there and he said, so when can we get the body back to Chicago? Priya was like, please don't ever call my brother as a body, say Praveen. And then the priest was like, oh my God, thank you. You know, and then even every time he wanted to say body and he had to stop when Priya was there. She would not let anybody say body. And um, it's it's hard. People don't realize it's a person, you know, and, and the word frozen kid used to bother me like anything. Things have changed there so much. Even I was talking to the current state's attorney. He was there. The former one was kicked out. And before this guy went to the election, uh, he met with us. So, you know, I had told him every everything that how we were treated by the that state's attorney at that time. So day before, like Saturday, he was there and he was like, lovely, you changed me a lot. Every time now I talk to a victim's family, I think of everything you told me, how a victim's family needs to be treated, you know, so... I am like, okay. And I said, you know, you probably are going to give them a bad news. And I said, 
and i told him saturday if michael car was maybe like a little bit nice to me maybe he he said a, a one nice word i probably would have believed every single crap he told me so it's a like i said that makes a big difference you know the way the empathy and feel for the victim the way you treat the victim's family make a big difference so i i'm so i was like so happy to hear that from him and he's like you are a big part in when i talk to the families i'm like okay that's good good yeah. to hear that's beautiful i mean it's yeah. a, mm-hmm. one of the many many things you've changed yeah sure. many things yeah even in the police departments also you know they all have guilty feelings i'm sure in their own way you know what they did do and didn't do and all that it's very scary to know that a murderer is free living wherever he wants doing whatever he wants it's a threat to public safety as lovely has said it feels like a matter of when and not if he will hurt someone again the day um gage was on witness stand you know one lady was um behind us and during break she came to me and she's like i want to give you a hug and you know like a lot of locals were coming out so i thought she was one of them and she's like i needed to be here today i needed to see that special prosecutor uh, tear him up and i said what happened and she said her brother who was an autistic child was in the same class as gage gage harassed him verbally physically he used to beat him up all the time and they complained to the school you know they're really poor family the school did not do anything they eventually moved the him from the school engaged stayed in the same school so she's like i needed to be here i couldn't do this to him and you are doing it and i wanted to give you a hug for it you know so i i forgot to mention you know monica and i were talking the other day and there are so many things that you store in your brain and you forgot and i'm like you know like when you talk about gage th- these are things that you hear on the side Nine years have passed since Praveen's murder, but Lovely has kept his memory alive in more ways than we can count. And in the most beautiful ways, Praveen still makes his presence known to his family. Next week, you will hear Lovely share some surprising things that have happened since Praveen's passing and what his friends and family have to say today. If you're interested in this story and you want to know more about the case, you can always check out our social media pages. We will continue to share videos of the police interviews, photos, and documents from the case. We are at Speaking of Crime on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. Please help us share Praveen's story.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.